Welcome back to the Build Plate. Thank you all for joining. If this is your first time visiting, make sure you uh, subscribe to us. And we come out with podcasts every Sunday. I'm joined here with my co-host, Rainer, who also happens to be my brother. You got anything to say, brother? Hey, welcome. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, whatever it is for you. We are going to have an amazing show today. I can't wait to hear everything that you have. I mean, that was such a great intro. I almost feel like I should listen to it again. Can we just rewind it and listen to you go, hey? Uh, That's my favorite part. uh, (laughs) Speaking of great sound bits, did you have a chance this week to listen to our awesome, and by our, I mean the one I developed, You know, we got this new recording software, Audacity, and I was messing around in it, and I put together some sick beats, and let me tell you, they were so good, I bet Elon Musk would be jealous of them. That's why I posted it onto our Facebook group, and I would love if you could pull that up sometime in the near future while I explain the, the, um, the brain teaser answer, and let me know what you think. We might even be able to get it on this show, uh, possibly, uh, but these beats... They are absolutely crap, and I cannot wait to see your reaction. <laughs> All right, so in terms of the brain teaser, I am going to outline the answer. Um, and first, obviously, what I should do is give what the actual brain teaser was, right? Absolutely. You definitely need to do that. Yeah, so last week's brain teaser was, what? why is Europe a frying pan or... Why is Europe considered a frying pan? And the answer is plain and simple. The answer is because Greece is at the bottom of it. (laughs) (laughs) What in the world? Greece? (laughs) Why? Yeah, like, for those of you who didn't get it, Greece is a country. And if you look at Europe geographically, uh, if you have to explain it, it, if you have to explain it, it, it's no good. So, I just want to put that out there. Hey, man, this brain teaser was phenomenal, and I think we had a couple guesses, or am I confused with a different reality that I'm living in? Yeah, your reality is of the untrue, because we did not receive any guesses this week either, but I would love to receive a guest. So, if, again, this is your first time listening to our podcast. We have a brain teaser at the end of every episode. And if you send in a guest to the buildplatepodcast at gmail.com, we will, in fact, uh, if it's right, send you a 3D printed keychain uh, that Rainer has so proudly and enthusiastically made uh, for you. Now, yeah, and if you if you remember, Asher, I was going to put a special 10 on the bill plate. Well, you know what? I didn't have to do that. So thanks, guys, for not guessing. Thanks for not giving me more work. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> it sounds kind of like you're not happy about it, but that's okay because I'm, you know what? I'm right there with you. Now, I had this beautiful time to listen to this amazing song that you have made for us on our Facebook group. And I'm going to listen to it, okay? And <laughs> I'm going to give you, you, I'll give you a live listen. And I'll give you my reaction afterwards, okay? So okay, here it is. About, really it's excited. about 45 minutes long. 
And I hope that it's not forty-five minutes long. Forty-five minutes long. It's forty-five seconds long. It's forty-five seconds. seconds. Oh my god! I could loop it. I guess. (laughs) All right, here it goes. What in God's <laughs> green earth? <laughs> oh my gosh. Did I thought I that just was the number one to. song I ever created, and then I listened to it about an hour after I dropped it, and oh my God, my ears bled. You want to know what that background sound is? It kind of sounds like a light recorder. I can't. I think that I need to like cleanse my ears. Yeah, it's really not my best work. But you know, you want to know what I did there? I basically recorded it with normal voice, and then I sped it up. Okay. And then I took, so it sounded like Alvin and the Chickmunks. And then I recorded another track of me whistling to it. And I took that whistle and toned it down a bunch, so it was like a low recorder. Uh huh. That's how I made that track. I'm very, very, um, let's say, unimpressed with myself after listening to it. You know what? It's weird, though, because from how you're talking about it, it sounds like you're, like, really proud of it. And you're, like, really, really excited to share your work about it. And so I feel kind of bad about trashing it because you're kind of like that kid that walks up to the dad and is like, hey, dad. Look at this really, 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 really cute drawing I did. And it's like a drawing of just colored lines. <laughs> and like I felt like I was the mean dad. And I was like, wow, that's complete shit. So I feel no. kind of bad. I hope, you, I hope you don't go cry to mommy now. No, you definitely don't have to feel bad about it. The thing is, is that when I showed this to Gina, she's like, I wish you would have shown this to me before you published that. <laughs> because I would have never let you publish this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> And, and I think she's absolutely right. But you know what? I have to forge my own ways. And I dropped it. And you know what? I At least I knew at the time it wasn't the best song because I the, the way I captioned it, I said it was, we can make poopy music too. So, I mean, look, look man. Sometimes you got to go out on a limb. Sometimes you got to walk that plank of creativity. And that's what I did. I mean, depending on how you look at it or who you are, you know, Noise is subjective. Maybe this would sound good to somebody out there. I don't know. Maybe not everybody's ears would bleed if they listened to this. I, I'm i not convinced on that. But what I do think it is, is I think it is a great conversation piece. <laughs> That's what I think it is. Absolutely. So you want to know what else I've been working on this week? Yeah, I kind of do. I saw a picture that you sent. And it looks like a new monitor setup. Is that kind of what's going on? Did you fire up the old 3D printer over there? Oh, I sure did. Actually, I don't even have to worry about firing this thing up anymore. It just kind of always is working. Today was a phenomenal week for me. I had a lot of good sales in terms of dart holders and rocket ships. Uh, lots of people are buying these. I think I got up to 10 sales total this week. So um, 10 sales total? Are you yes, selling the rocket ships now? How many rocket ships you got? Oh, I mean, I got... Quite a bit sold. I that's kind of business confidential, but I'll tell you it's over eight. So um yeah. Wow. <laughs> over eight. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, eight eight of these bad boys have sold. And um if if you want one, you can always go to the Etsy. But anyways, that aside, 
my printer is always running, but one of the projects I try to do every week is something new, something to kind of stem my creativity, something to get me going uh, in terms of, you know, create creative juices and those types of things. So I, week, Wait, 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 back up. What is a creative juice? Because to me, that sounds, that sounds quite gross. <laughs> I don't think yeah, I, I yeah. don't want a creative juice. That, You've never heard that before? <laughs> no, I've heard I had to get my like creative energy or I had to get my creative aura about, but the creative no. juice, I've never yeah, heard wrong. that. Creative juices flowing is definitely a term. Like I've heard it a million times before. Like People say, hey, I got to get my creative juices flowing, man. So anyways, that's what I ended up doing in my project this week to get my creative juices flowing, which I guess if people think that's a gross saying, I, I will not stop saying it. But anyways... Yeah, my creative juices were flowing, and I was like, hey, I think I need a new monitor stand. And I went out to my garage looking for a piece of wood to use for it, and I was originally just going to use a few pieces of wood. And then after looking at some ideas on the Internet, I saw you could 3D print some legs for a flat plank to sit into. And so what I ended up doing is actually finding an old Ikea shelf in my garage. I took the measurements went ahead and drew up a really cool leg design. It kind of looks like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen bonsai uh, trimming and bonsai competition. Yeah, I, I have not, I've not seen it, but I kind of get what you're talking about. Yeah, so bonsai trees are really small trees that take a long time. The, the masters of the bonsai art, they basically take forever to groom these trees and mold them into really 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 beautiful small miniature trees that typically sit like on a desk or something like that well the pots that bonsai trees sit in typically have you know a flowy design matched with like sharp corners so when i designed this leg for my uh computer monitor stand i had the same thing going through my mind and i created a very strong structure but it also had very uh, round corners, and it reminded me a lot of a bonsai plant um, pot. So with that being said, I did it. I put it all together. Each leg took six hours to print. I printed out a black PLA, and to touch everything off, I even printed out small feet out of TPU, which is, if you guys remember from my lesson on filaments, TPU is like a, little, a rubbery material, so the feet actually grip onto my desk now, so it has no chance of falling off. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, this project, and why don't you take a look at that picture and uh, let me know your thoughts on it. Well, let's take a look. Let's take a look what I see here. So this is quite the design. That's what I have to say about this. I do see kind of like a, the reference that you were talking about, the bonsai, and that, uh, wow. It looks also very neat. It looks very, very tight. It doesn't look like it's flimsy at all. Um, it, it honestly does look store-bought. I mean, that looks mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was very, very happy with the way it turned out. And I do know what you're saying about it being neat. Um, and it looks like it would be sturdy. Now, I want to make a point here that I had some comments when I posted this on the Reddit page I post all my projects on. Um, it's called R3D Printing. I just print, like, my projects when I get them done on there. And somebody was like, hey, man, uh, you're going to need some cross-leg support on that. It's going to fall over like dominoes if you have a side force. And it will not fall over because it's kind of strapped and locked in here with an over 
the top strap if you look at it. So right now everything's good. It's very solid, very sturdy, mm-hmm. and I'm very happy with how this design mm-hmm. turned out. Yeah, I absolutely love it, and I think that you should make me one because I need a I need a monitor stand for my uh, monitor that I have. That's interesting. Well, as I meant, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> interesting. That's interesting. Doctor's fatty, fatty, interesting. As I as I mentioned, um, yeah, each leg took six hours to print, and then all four of the feet took around twenty minutes to print total. So I mean, you're looking at twelve hours and twenty minutes roughly of print time. And right now, I have a lot going on in my build plate. So to get that in for you. Um, with the right amount of uh, planning, it could happen, but no promises. All right, man. Wow, I feel like I just went from brother to client like abnormally fast. Wow, I, I, it was so smooth that I feel like I have to be like, I'm, I, I like what, what do I even say to that? Absolutely, get me in when you can, sir. Uh, just give me a call when the time's appropriate, and then I will, of course, wire the funds to the appropriate place. <laughs> Yes, no problem, sir. Um, I'm really sorry about my machine being at capacity at the moment. But uh, like I said, uh, go ahead, give me a call, and I'll, I'll try to work you into the schedule. Wow, that's thrilled. I'm, I, that's thrilled. Uh, I'm thrilled. <laughs> yeah, so with that being said, that was uh, pretty much from a project standpoint everything I worked on this week. Other than I, I have made a few more refinements on Blue Shell. He's getting there. He's still not quite there, um, but he is getting to where I want want him to be uh, before I release him onto the Etsy. One other thing I would like to touch on today is just a very interesting piece of 3D printing history, and that is, uh, Asher, do you ever wonder what country 3D printing was uh, developed in? Uh, is that something that inter- interests you, or do you have a guess? I have a guess. I'm going to say it's in Japan. Oh, come on, man. You definitely cheated on that one. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I did oh, not cheat on that. Oh, my God. I did not. I promise. Okay, I am come guessing. On. The you, Japanese you are right. so, in, 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 what do you say, innovative. Right, right. I, I, I can't deny that, and you were right. I'm shocked. You're absolutely correct on this one. Uh, yeah, so it was actually thought of in Japan, and what's really funny in my mind, not, probably not to everybody else's, is that the 3D printing uh, process actually got kicked off with what is not the most popular type of 3D printing for hobbyists today. It got kicked off with somebody coming up with the idea to cure layers with you know, UV light and, and oh. moving, moving it up. So it's, not, it's totally different than F, uh, FDM 3D printing. And I thought that was crazy because FDM is so much simpler than the SLA laser sintering type of 3D printing, the kind mm-hmm. where they, you know, put a laser in, in a UV curable resin and it builds up one layer at a time and it lifts the print out of like a resin bath. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought that was extremely interesting. And also one, one more thing to note about the history of 3D printing is that 3D printing is actually quite a young technology. Um, we're looking at patent. The earliest one was some sometime in like the 1970s. So with the technology this young, there's still a lot of room for innovation. And I don't think we've seen uh, 
everything from 3D printing, whether it's the FDM method or the laser centering method. Oh, wait, wait, what's the laser centering method? What's that? So that's kind of the thing I just explained, where it uses a laser to cure uh, a medium. How did I not? How did I not so like put that two and two together? That's embarrassing. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, but anyways, yeah, that's uh, that's what laser centering is, and you know, if you didn't get it, maybe the audience didn't. So I'm glad you asked again. Basically, it's it's using a laser to cure a medium, whether it's a powder or a a resin. It it uses a laser to cure one layer at a time versus pushing material out and making one layer at a time, building it up. That makes it total sense. It builds layers differently, and it uses a layer a laser to do that. So you literally just explained that, and I like. Don't know how I didn't retain that that is what you were talking about. So very, very much, very much sorry. Would you say that that um, the history of 3D printing has come a long way now, though, or is it pretty much the same? Do you see innovation uh, going forward? Because I know that basically it started by, you know, putting, you know, a piece by piece and curing it by a UV laser beam and, you know, going up and up to create uh, things from the build plate? Is it the, pretty much the same process or, you know, how much has it no, changed? I, I think that there's still a lot of growth for 3D printing. Um, I think they're just now getting into the uh, innovation side of things when it comes to SLA 3D printing and making that even a, a better process than it is. Um, they're always trying to get faster speeds. I think where the innovation is going to come now, though, is by trying to get everybody to have a 3D printer. Just like everybody has a computer, somebody has to make that link where everybody needs to have a 3D printer. And I think how that's going to happen is that big corporations are going to start um, actually making things and selling like STL files. And this is already happening. Like you can buy products that are just the STL files. And if you have a printer, you can print that product out. So instead of selling an actual product now, you're selling a digital file for a product. And I think that in the future, if more and more companies start to do this, more and more people will want to put these in their homes. So the innovation, I think, is going to come with more on the communication side of how do we get, um, how do we get consumers to start using 3D printing more like an everyday thing than they are now. Like 3D printing right now is still considered like a hobbyist kind of playground. And I, I don't like that. And I actually have some ideas personally that I want to pursue that will make 3D printing more of an everyday item or thing for everyday people. And, like, everybody needs one in their house. Like, everybody needs a computer. Everybody needs a cell phone. I want everybody to need a 3D printer. And I think that's where, in terms of innovation, a lot of things are going to innovate to get to that point. That's, th that's where the innovations are going to happen. I think we talked a lot about innovation with 3D printer on this podcast already. And I see it kind of continuing. I kind of look more on the medical side of things because I'm kind of fascinated with that. And I think my biggest fascination with 3D printing is the fact that it's going to have a lot of innovation in the dentistry field, which I'm passionate about. I could see, you know, people coming in and um, just completely getting a full set of, of dentures in six hours with a printer or maybe even less than that, uh, you know, custom made teeth to the mouth with a, basically a 3d scan of the mouth. And that to me is exciting. 
I think that's a really big innovation that we're going to see in the future, which is already being used in a lot of places. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's funny you say that because one time I went to my favorite store, the store I mentioned last week. If you can guess it, I'll give you 20 bucks right now. Uh, my, my, micro, 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 I don't know. What is it called? Yes, I don't owe you 20 bucks. It's Micro Center. You were so close. I was so close. <laughs> oh, I was shaking my head no so you would see me. No, that's such a turd move. I believed it. You sold me. I didn't want to give you $20. <laughs> Anyways, I was at my favorite store, and I met this guy, and he's like, I was talking to him about you know what I've been doing in 3D printing. I dropped my, uh, my our podcast name, and he started telling me about uh, his experience with resin 3D printers, which are SLA, like we talked about. And he told me that his uncle actually just picked up a resin printer from Micro Center for their dentist to use. And when I started asking him what he was going to use that machine for, he got really squirrely um, because I think uh, it may have been borderline non-FDA approved application, <laughs> especially with that type of machine. Yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah, so that's a funny story again that happened at Micro Center, my favorite store. To shop we might have to just have a whole – we might just have to have the entire section called Rainer Goes to Micro Center. Um, the last story, <laughs> I'm still not thrilled by it. This was a much better story. I'd rate this one 9.5 out of 10. It would have been better if you oh, would wow. have said at the end of the story, you found five bucks. But she didn't, so it's going to remain at a 9.5. You're right, but I technically did find $20 because when I told the story, I didn't owe you $20. So I guess if you tie it back in that way, I kind of did uh, not lose $20. Yeah, that doesn't work. That's not how this works. Man. All right, so that's about everything I have to talk about 3D printing. Um, what's what's going on over there in your uh, your realm of tech stuff? Um, let's just kind of take a snippet from my awesome recording that I dropped last week and say, what's going on in your techie, 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 techie world over there? Um, did you tell me that Fortnite Season 6 uh, was was coming out, and uh, I, I believe that I even had some homework, and and I ended up watching the trailer for that. Wow. Can you tell me your thoughts, and then I'll kind of tell you my initial thoughts as well? Well, for all the people who don't realize this, Rainer has played Fortnite before, which is crazy um, because I just don't really see him as a Fortnite player. But I used to play back when it first came out. I would play. I would play all the time. And I have not played Fortnite in a long time. But this season looks pretty cool. I guess that on Tuesday they made some pretty big changes. They uh, brought uh, basically pets. I wouldn't say pets, but animals into the game, which you yeah, can train. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah I, I wonder if you can take a picture of your pet and put them into the game. Like I would be putting Ruby in, in, into the game no, oh, first thing. I would yeah. love to have my personal pet into the game. Um, that would be something that I would actually play the game for if I could take a picture. Okay, now your pet's in the game. And, of course, she would be the best pet, pet in the game. Ruby's the most amazing dog I've ever met in my life. Uh, You're not – here's the thing, though. Ever. You're super biased. Second of all, I think I can count on my other hand because it's, it will take two hands the amount of times you said game. Uh, but the game is Fortnite. <laughs> 
I don't know why I thought that was funny. But I, hey, man, I just didn't know if you were game for me saying what I did. So that's yeah, why no, I said no, that. No, man, I'm game. I'm game. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I think that we're going to see a lot of changes. You can hunt the animals too and use their bones to upgrade weapons. Um, and you can eat their meat for health, which is a different aspect of the game that hasn't really been incorporated. It, it kind of, It's kind of reminding me a lot of Minecraft now. It's, yeah, it's I, weird. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that they have uh, built crafting now. So it's like you can craft stuff and it's a lot more. It, I know you could craft stuff before in terms of like building, but it wasn't very detailed. I think they actually now have crafting tables from how I understood the, the trailer. Am I right? I don't want to go there because I don't think that you can necessarily call them crafting tables. It's just an aspect of the game. And it's it's weird, I guess. This, it, I'm not sure how I like it, but I think that this season is very enticing. And I might have to download Fortnite just to play it. I know um, Danielle's little sister plays it. And she's always telling me how fun it is. So I think that I might just have to you know, play it a little bit and give it a little run. But I'm excited to see that the new season has come out. Because this was about 15 weeks so it was really long uh, in between seasons. So if you're a Fortnite fan, getting this season is it's pretty exciting. I think it might be in their strategy, though, to kind of extend the time between uh, releases. And what I mean by that is that gives the younglings who play this game time to grow up and a whole new generation of younglings to come in and get involved with it. Because in my opinion, only sixth graders play this game. And I'm not saying don't play it, Asher. I'm just saying it's definitely for younger people. Well, the thing is, is it never used to be for younger people. It used to be for everyone. So I don't really think it's just for younger people. I think it's an all-inclusive game. However, I think the people who choose to play the game in majority are younglings. But there's still a lot of, like, you know, Twitch streamers who play it. I think Ninja still plays it. I mean, that was how he got so popular. Yeah, but his audience is probably like sixth graders. In fact, they probably like when the teacher leaves the class and like a substitute substitute teacher is in class for like sixth graders nowadays. They're probably like, "Hey kids, what do you want to watch today?" And everybody raises their hand. We want to watch Ninja play the game. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably what happens, honestly. Like, and the teacher's like, "Who's Ninja? Is it some kind of?" ancient Japanese <laughs> documentary. <laughs> and they all say yes because they, they want to watch Ninja play Fortnite. Right, right. Did you see the documentary about ninjas? <laughs> all right, kids. I'm going to let you watch this documentary while I go down to the teacher lounge and watch Netflix. Let me know if you guys need anything, okay? <laughs> and, and that's that's how I see it happening nowadays with Fortnite. It's just a younger demographic, man. It's it's, it's you can't really get away from that. It is a younger. It is crazy how how the demographics changed for that game, and they've marketed to children a lot more. I feel like because it was it used to be like this really sweet crafting and and battle royale game, but it just after after uh, Call of Duty came out with their gun their game, it kind of just created this dichotomy uh, between the two games which yeah. now 
We have mm-hmm. Fortnite for the younger, more imaginative types versus the more hardened battle types who like yeah yeah the angst now. the angsty teens they like to get the actual real thing whereas the younger kids are like you know this is still bubble gum to them or like you know it's like chewing gum it's very basic it's very colorful it's not real um and that's kind of, kind of how i see fortnite advertising to younger people i mean looking at the picture you had up on your screen a little bit ago i mean if you look at it there's so many different colors it's not like the typical gray and green and brown that uh, Call of Duty markets with. And I don't know how this podcast is taking this route, but I also just had a brilliant thought in my mind that I have to share with everybody. Did you guys know that in super uh, super stores like Walmart or Myers that they on purpose put the candy on like the lower shelves in the checkout line so that kids will actually see it? And the same thing with the cereal aisle. The cereal, the, the, the kid's cereal is always lower so that when they're walking through, and we've all been there when we've been at the store and we've seen a little kid point to his mom, 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 I, I, want, I want the Reese's Puffs. I want the Reese's Puffs. You know, that type of thing because it's at their eye level. And that's how people market to kids. And this is the same thing for Fortnite, I think. And you did a really good job at capturing that in your thought process. Look at the colors on this. I mean, yeah. It's, I it's see so, what you're saying. It's so little kid colors it's it's colorful it's not like grown up you know and, and that's i think where call of duty gets its audience is grown up for grown up people angsty teens and above in angsty fact, teens a, and above yeah, that's exactly. the that's the marketing for for warzone i i think i like warzone for the pure aspect of i like the the realism type of the game realism really <laughs> <laughs> realism <laughs> realism the there you go there you go nice of the game and and i like that it's not complicated to me fortnite's complicated because i have to freaking craft so if i really want to be good at the game i have to craft and the only way you can be really good at crafting and making buildings and stuff is if you're on pc and i don't play pc in fact i play on xbox yeah, but don't you have that new uh, controller now with the bump, the like the the bottom bump bump buttons that Asa got you for Christmas? Yeah, I do. I do. I have the the scuff controller, which it works great, but it doesn't doesn't get me to the level of building that you can do with the dexterity of your digits. You know, so wow, dexterity of your digits that that would look great on a T-shirt for sure. Uh, <laughs> Oh man! You know Xbox. Um, they came out with their Xbox Game Pass. What's interesting about it is—is uh, is this a I new have, thing? They didn't have Game Pass before this, or no? They did. A, they did an update to it. Yeah, it's a little bit of an update. One thing that they added, uh, they partnered with. So Microsoft partnered with Bethesda. Okay, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Beth- probably Bethesda. Bethesda. It's B- yeah, it's B E. T-H-E-S-D-A. Um, and uh, if you guys know how to say that, why don't you drop a, a note on our Facebook group? We'd love it. Yeah, that would be very helpful for me because I have a speech problem. But Reali- real- Realization? Realization? Re- no, I realism. It's a realism. Oh, real- yeah. Ooh, wow, that sounds like something very intimate. Um, anyways. It's, yeah. Well, that would be for, for romcom.com boy, wouldn't it? <laughs> 
he's not quite back yet. So let's uh, continue on this stream. Tell me more about what I'm going to stick with. Beth Bethesda. Beth Bethesda. Well, we'll do Bethesda. The thing is, Bethesda they create really cool games that I like, like Elder Scores, Elders, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Doom, and Wolfstein. Um, oh, or yeah. Wolfsta Wolfenstein. Or yeah, Wolfenstein. yeah, yeah. See, I, 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 I run into games. these. I like. I know these games, but I run into the problem where I don't know how to freaking pronounce them. I just. I just call it the Wolfenstein game, but I, I could be wrong. But these okay. games are incredible. Like, Elder Scrolls is entirely, like, popular. And it's like an a game that basically you can... It, it's kind of the original open source game. Not open source, but open... How do you say it? Open play game. Like, it's, it's not, it doesn't really have a distinct path. You can kind of just go and play it. Um, it's a huge world, open play world. Is it kind of like the Legend of Zelda type play style where you're just walking around, you're meeting people, you can talk to them? Yeah, it's exactly like that. But Elder Scrolls is like huge. Like we're talking the map is like incredible and it's got this really cool innate story about dragon slayers and creating, getting dragon powers and you could be different kinds of people in the game. And then my real favorite game uh, besides Elder Scrolls that they have is Fallout. So Fallout 4 was like my favorite game like four and a half, five years ago. I've heard of that before. I never personally played it, but I remember seeing somebody playing it. Um yeah, I I know it's very detailed and it's about aliens, right? No, no. Oh my no, goodness! You were off I failed. It's I more failed. about Fallout's kind of like what happened if the whole world was nuked, and this shell basically you live in this like post nuke post apocalyptic. Apocalyptic. Yeah, there you go. Oh uh, wow! Uh, you kind of apocalyptic. Kinda... A pop. You ruined. I was saying it perfectly fine. Apocalyptic. A two A two Oh wow, it's got a good beat then. Okay. Yeah. I hope nobody takes offense to that. We love Tupac. Uh, but anyways, basically there's different vaults and different things that you can like, uh, explore in and the vaults like have different experiments in them. Like it's kind of hard to explain, but essentially the nukes were coming and this world was this, a company was like, okay, come to our vaults. You can come into these very, very big vaults that will survive the nuclear war. But these Vaults like did different experience experiments on the humans over the course of like two hundred years, and so like there's like a lot of vault lore and it's like really interesting experience experiments that kind of come out, and you just get to kind of explore uh the world the Commonwealth as they call it. So I I like it a lot and you there's crafting in this game too, so you could build your own base and guns. Crafty. And, yeah, crafty. Okay, but so I, how does this all tie into Xbox Game Pass? I know I really appreciate that detailed description of what Fallout is, and it sounds incredible. If, if I ever get another Xbox again, I will be playing that game. It's an absolute great description. You stem my imagination. It sounds like a game I would play. I would definitely play this game. Well, what this means is that these games 
which are usually a price to play with the Xbox Game Pass. It's like a Netflix-style service providing access to like hundreds of games for a single monthly fee, which I have. And the fee, I think, is like fifteen ninety nine a month. So Wow, that's so much. Uh, it's not that much considering these games cost. Like Fallout 79 costs like 60 bucks. Uh, Elder Scrolls costs like 30 bucks. So you then you have access to like quite a lot of games. This is not just the games you have access to. Xbox Game Pass already has it's like a, it's like it's like Netflix but I, for I, games. I understand. Yeah, I understand. It it seems feasible then to spend that much money if you're I mean, do you do you pay the 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 Nintendo Game Pass play thing so you can play your your little games on Nintendo? I don't. I don't. Gina does. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Okay? That's like 5 bucks a month. Right, five to fifteen is a pretty big gap, man. That's only ten dollars. Yeah, but ten times twelve is one hundred and twenty, versus five times twelve, which is sixty. Well, you're really good at math. Yeah, I don't even know if I did that right, but it sounds like yours cost twice as much, which doesn't really sound right when I think about it. Well, I'm gonna finish things off with a little piece of news that is in the tech world, I guess. But Uber's. Basically, companies and cities have been given Uber kind of some shit because they only pay their their drivers by ride instead of being like full blown employees. Yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, and so in in the UK, Uber is now required to give UK drivers minimum wage, pensions, holiday pay because of a following uh, because of a recent court ruling uh, there in the UK, United Kingdom. I'm going to go be an Uber driver in in the UK now because, I mean, that sounds fun to me. It's the wettest freaking country on earth. You get to drive through rainstorms. You get minimum wage. It just, maybe I'll do that. That sounds like something that I could do and lose myself in. Well, it's minimum wage, and then it comes with all the tips and all the ride prices that you normally get. So, as a matter of fact, it actually comes out to be a pretty decent gig. Instead of getting a 10.99 at the end of the year, like, well, I don't know if they have 10.99s in UK, but instead of being a contract worker, they're now a legit employee of Uber, which now makes some. It's very nice of them. I think it's a long time coming, and this should have happened a long time ago. And um, it it probably will end up taking a lot of America's Uber drivers, and they're all going to move to the UK now. Um, when you get an Uber driver in the UK and you're expecting to hear, hello, mate, what's up? And you hear like, hey, man, what's going on? Like an American accent, you know, that's going to be the difference in the UK that, that the normal person's going to see. It's not going to be, this isn't going to affect the normal person, but the normal person, I guess, will be affected if you ride Ubers by the mm-hmm. accent that the Uber guy has. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's really and an elaborate way of <laughs> going about explaining it. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I... I was definitely not trying to downplay your news story there, but I wanted to let everybody know that this really doesn't affect uh, anybody but Uber drivers. Yeah, it doesn't really affect anybody Uber Uber drivers. Thank you for that uh, update. But I thought it was interesting because I think it's already happening in California. And I, I think that it's going to happen in other states here, which would make driving for Uber pretty lucrative. I used to drive for Uber. It was I made decent money 
It was pretty fun. I also used to do the, these apps, but I never did the driving uh, people around. I did the DoorDash and the Postmates whenever um, I, I, I was getting only like 70% of my paycheck. So they actually put us on leave for one day out of the week for a little bit there. And I ended up DoorDashing on those days. I made good money, but I think I would have made more if they would have gave me minimum wage. At the end of the day, though, I don't know if I want that to be considered my full-time job. Because I think a lot of people like to do it part-time. That's not something I could ever do full-time. But, you know, true true story here, I still don't have a full-time job. I'm just working two part-time jobs. So... Yeah, but two part-times equals one full. I guess you're right. So technically I am working a one full-time job if you put them together. <laughs> right. There you go, man. It's math. It's easy. One plus one equals two. I... <laughs> <laughs> we should call you the math guy. Yeah, man. I'm just on it today with my mathematical equation. I think it's time for the brain teacher, though. I think so, too. Let's get into it. Let's end this episode off. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to our 11th episode. We really hope you enjoyed it. Um, again, not not the most, uh, let's say, uh, elaborate episode we've had. But let me tell you something, Asher. It's always great to talk with you. And before getting into this brain tease, I just really want to say I am extremely happy that we were able to make it work this week. Absolutely. I'm feeling under the weather, so I was able to get on the the recording studio get in with with the brother Rainer and we talk about some really cool things. I appreciate you sharing the history of 3D printing. Now, this brain teaser is going to be pretty good. Okay? I'm ready. I'm ready. Cue brain teaser music now. So, this one is in first person. I left my campsite and hiked south for 3 miles. Then I turned east and hiked for three miles. Then I turned north and hiked for three miles. At which time I came upon a bear inside my tent eating my food. What color was my bear? Wow. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to have you repeat that one. It's going to be up to listeners to replay it if they want to hear it. But, man, that was intense. That was like a... Dungeon and Dragon story on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great uh, teaser and it really gets you thinking. I encourage our listeners to really think about it. This answer can the answer can be found with some basic thinking. And you should be able to come to the answer. And if you do, please send the answer or guess to the pot the bill play podcast at gmail.com rainer and i are anxiously refreshing that every day just to see Always. if anyone is going to respond but with that being I, said i don't go to bed without checking it i just don't go to bed without checking it. it's a night it's a night it's a nightly and routine i look at it i brew my coffee in the morning and i look at it i get up at lunch and i eat my lunch and i Look at it. Wait, so you, you get up at lunch? So you sleep until lunch? You're like, I get up at lunch and I look at No, I get up off my computer desk chair and I look at it. And, I, man, let me tell you something. I never, ever get joy from it. Oh, my God. Help Rainer out. We got to wipe his tears away. Send in a guest to the Bill Play Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening so much. We'll see you next week on Sunday. Tick, 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 tick,
This podcast has been produced and edited by Asher and Rainer Brown. Boop, 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 boop.